What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Retic Lounge. We're your hosts, Nathan Katz and Lucas Begnara. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with Scott Sievers. He's been a Retic keeper for the last handful of years now. We'll get into a little bit of his background in Retics, but we're interested in talking to Scott tonight mostly because of his naturalistic enclosures and what he's been able to do with what people would consider so little. Yeah. So I'm excited to talk to Scott tonight. Lucas. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that, that like haven't seen his Instagram or haven't seen what he does, um, does amazing naturalistic setups with huge, large enclosures and with tub setups. So we got a good one for you guys. Um, before we even bring him in, uh, mm-hmm. We just want to go ahead and remind you guys, for those of you watching on YouTube, thank you so much for the support. Go ahead and subscribe and hit the notification button if you want alerts on when we come out with new episodes, which, in case you don't know by now, is every Friday. Um, and again, that link below, come join our community at Patreon. We have a, uh awesome family over there that's that's growing, um, you know, more than, than I think me and Nathan even, you know, imagined. Um and of course, uh, if you are interested in just listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we are on there. And um, if we, we don't want to uh, forget talking about US Arc, um, especially with everything that's been going on. Um, support US Arc, um, reach out to them, email them, see if there's things that you can do locally. Um, don't forget to subscribe to their newsletter to get those updates, subscribe to that YouTube channel, um, and subscribe to US Arc Florida. They need our support now more than ever. They have memberships are free. So you, all you have to do is just jump over to their website and sign up. So if you're even strapped for cash, make sure you're signing up just to show your support right now. Numbers are more important than anything. Yeah. So let's go ahead and bring Scott in here in just a second. Whether you're just getting into retics or you've been breeding for years, the first place you want to visit is Stewart design. More and more breeders keep showing up at shows on Morph Market, and all over socials. Sometimes it may feel impossible to get anyone's attention. Stewart Design helps small businesses like yours do big things through brand clarity, helping entrepreneurs to start and scale businesses that are easy to know and love. Their work can help any company or industry, but they've done a ton of work for ours. Stewart Design created the brand for US Arcs, Canova, Reach Out Reptiles, Coiled, and dozens of other well-known reptile breeders. Like many of us, the owner of Stewart Design, Blake, is a keeper and breeder who fell in love with retics. Although Stewart Design does a lot of corporate work, Blake has a passion for working with people in the reptile industry. So, wondering if Stewart Design is right for you? Stewart Design can help if you're just getting started or you're ready to take things to the next level. Maybe you're struggling to stand out and build your presence online or at shows. And maybe you don't want to be like the other guys or get lost in the crowd. You want to make your own way doing what you love. You might just have a big idea and know your business is special, but you need help sharing it with the reptile community. If something here resonates with you, reach out to Blake. Have a conversation with him. To learn more or get started, visit sdidentity.com or call them at 855-SD-LOGOS. Clear brand, own markets, Steward Design helps create them. If you are in the market for an enclosure for your reticulated python or any other one of your reptiles, Focus Cubed Habitats is your one-stop shop for not only the best-looking cages on the market, but also provide amazing features and add-ons to your cages. We partnered with Focus Cute Habitats because they continue to innovate and change the way we house our animals unlike any other caging company out there. Their cages are designed intelligently and provide the most stylish and secure housing for your animals' comfort and well-being. Visit FocusCubedHabitats.com for your animals' caging needs. Again, visit FocusCubedHabitats.com for some amazing and stylish enclosures. We also want to thank VivTech Products for being an affiliate sponsor of the Retic Lounge. Stop by VivTech Products for the best UV spectrum lighting on the market that will enhance and improve your snake's overall well-being and health. Visit VivTechProducts.com and use the code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Again, visit VivTechProducts.com and use our affiliate 
code retick lounge 23 today for 15 percent off hey scott what's going on man i'm good how are you guys tonight i'm doing well no good, complaints good, good. over here. I know we're keeping you up late. Did you take some pre-workout like you said you were? I did. I slammed a half shot. You better hope I stay awake. Nice. What pre-workout do you take? Uh, Alpha Lion. Okay. Okay. I haven't I like tried that, that yet. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, it's been a while since I've been in the pre-workout game. but um, Every anyways, day. I like every, every day. They're local. local <laughs> so I can stop in. Uh, do, do you like work out and take it? Or is it just that's what... That's yeah, me and, my wife, me and my wife work out seven days a week, every morning, 5.30 a.m. Awesome. Damn, you got one or two days on me. Yeah, you got to awesome. do it. We're old. I'm in my 40s now. You got to stay limber, man. Yep. I'm yep. already feeling – I'm only 30, and I'm feeling my back tightened because for my day job, I sit for eight hours. 31 and a back surgery, so I'm pretty much there with you, Scott. <laughs> I dislocated my hip at 31, oh, and that was, that was life-changing. Yep. Yeah, that's so. I guess thirty-one is the age that you turn old. But, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're excited to have you, man. Um, for the, those of us, uh, for th- those of our listeners that haven't um, heard of you, go ahead and just kind of give yourself a uh, introduce yourself, where you're from, um, animals you keep, whatever information you just want people to kind of. All right. Um, well, my name is Scott Sievers. I've been keeping reptiles for only about five years now. Um, I right now just retics and water monitors is all I have. Back in the day, I started with um, boas. Uh, I think everybody had a boa or a ball. I came home with a boa at 16 to show my mom and had a fish aquarium and uh, heat rock and a live rat, you know, and was ready to go. <laughs> you were a herpetologist that's, back then. That's how it started. You know? Seriously. Yeah. That's how it started. Yeah. Um, so you've been keeping for five years. Um, yeah. I've been keeping for just a little bit longer than that. And what I, I, I love to hear about you keeping for not even that long of a period of time is just how far and how above and beyond you've gone for your animals. Um, before we even talk about like your current setups and what you do for your animals, um, when you first started keeping, how did you keep those animals? And like, uh, same 10, type of gallon, 10 gallon fish tanks, honestly, my very first retake went into a 10 gallon fish tank. Even then five years ago, I just didn't know. Um, some people are a lot better at researching than others. Um, as far as sifting through online, what's appropriate and what's not, I was not the best at, you know, finding what was doable and what was, you know, legit. And yeah, I had visions of huge racks and 20 retics in a room and it was just going to be wonderful. And it didn't work out. Like that. <laughs> I ended up just having, an old, I think it was like an old bookcase that we were just going to throw out. And I just decided to put a snake in it one day. And that's exactly what I did. And it had two levels and that snake used every bit of that space from the second I put it in there. I mean, it just constantly moved around and chose the height. It chose the heat it wanted. It chose whether it wanted light. It chose whether it wanted darkness. So, just made me think, you know, what else can I provide if they choose to go to these options here and there, you know, whenever they feel like it, well, what if I give them more options? What will they do? Mm -hmm. That's kind of just where it started. I just started giving more branches, more height, more space and plants and just to see what they would kind of do really. All because of a bookcase I was almost tossed away. It was almost, and it ended up going in a bonfire when I moved the snake out of there. <laughs> that's man. Yeah. That that's that's pretty crazy. Um, you know, for a lot of other people that I've talked to that that have really, you know, big enclosures in regards to what people are commonly used to seeing in the retic community, I hear that all the time. That retics just utilize every bit of that space. Um, yeah. Nathan, let me. Oh, Nathan, go for it. Nathan, let me ask you this. So 
he so he started about five years ago. You know, you you started maybe about a year before me. When you got in, was that kind of the the climate that you came into? Like racks were a lot more like. Uh no, so when I came into it, um, I was looking more at boas than anything, uh, and so what I ended up doing before even well no I think I had just racks when I got my boa, uh, but when I decided that I was gonna like keep the boas and maybe like get a couple more or, like look at retics, uh, I ended up getting boa files, so okay. four by one by two or yeah two deep yeah yeah i because so. because like i i had that you know scott what you're saying kind of like resonated with me because i i you know i got my got my first retic and got another one at like four or five months after that and then you know got permission from my wife to allow me to fulfill a childhood dream and breed and so um i was keeping them in the 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 back part of the kitchen at the time in our older house and uh i was like yeah i can, I can get a rack to go here i can get a rack to go there this is this is yeah. gonna be great right and then it'll be easy right easy right um and then yeah and then i remember when i got my you know my first retake she got to the the size of an enclosure and i got her an ap enclosure um and that's just yeah, I saw that, saw her behavior in there, and it wasn't even like a big enclosure or anything, but it was the first time I had a shelf, right? Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, I still use some racks now, um, trying to move away from it as much as I can as finances allow, obviously, but um, sure. yeah, I think that, um, I don't know, me and Nathan, I've talked about this, just kind of, you know, the end goal of just having a bigger enclosures, larger spaces for our snakes and more options for them is definitely ideal for them. No, I mean, I have my fo little uh, focus cube enclosure on the way. I shouldn't say little because I just saw the packaging and it's too big. Oh, it's uh, on the way? Yeah. Uh, Sweet. But we're doing a little experiment like Lucas is doing. And uh, I'm just so ex excited to see the snakes start using the sky high more than anything. Like kid on christmas i just want to see the snake pop its little head out <laughs> it literally my my homahara if she's not under the vivtech bolt she's in there and i just i love going in and literally just seeing her head like looking straight down it's yeah, really cool I, I can't wait um so that bookshelf did it for you scott um and that's it so before we even get into naturalistic enclosures um Tell us, you know, how many retakes you have, and then what what other animals are you you keeping? Uh, I have eight retics, ranging anywhere from hatchling just a few months ago to my oldest right now is three and a half. Uh, so I don't have anything too old, nothing too massive. She's only about thirteen feet. That's plenty big, honestly, for me yeah, and most people. Than, yeah. That's bigger than any of my six or seven-year-old animals. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 a lot. She, she's a big girl. Um, mainland on that one. She is mainland. So she's uh she's from Bob. She was my my, my first big investment snake right there. Uh, she's hopefully she she's possible motley golden child. Uh, she's white face pied. So we're hoping oh, she proves right. that out. That'll be that'll be nice. I love seeing her. And, and then, uh, as far as other retics, you know, I've got a from Sal and Nick. I've got this marble orange ghost stripe male. I got a couple turnades from Rodney. I got one of those uh, super malukus that he just he just bred a litter of the or a clutch of those. I've got one of the older ones from the last clutch here as well. I've got oh, one okay. of the males. He's really nice looking. Uh, what? Then I have. I'm sorry. What phase turn eight? Are they? Uh, I, I, he would be. He's F one. I'm not quite sure if I think, he would be considered red or. or uh, what. I, I I think yours came from clutch eleven or twelve. Twelve. Yeah, twelve, 12. was the map. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah normal phase. Yeah, you got a great okay. clutch. Clutch twelve was. Twelve is nice. I yeah. like it. Um. Um, after that, I, I have a Mindanao male, also from Rodney. 
um, an F two turn eight female from Rodney. Those are all my all my you, localities. You want a female Mindanao for that male? <laughs> are you, you got one for me? <laughs> I do. Ah, oh, Lucas. <laughs> Here we go. Everybody's trying to sell me something. She, she's a, she's a baby too. Uh, I like babies. I don't take I've on people's problems. Yeah, this this Shame is this is, you, the, this is the first no shame plug that I'm throwing out live exotics on here. No shame. I'm, I'm throwing shame. I'm ringing the bell, hey, walking you down the street. I got my label on. Shame. You better believe. I don't care. I'm throwing. Uh, I'm I'm I'm. I'm <laughs> shame. We're pushing Nathan away here. No shame in your game, Lucas. Do your thing. <laughs> Um, um so of the so, snakes, I got a nice little uh orange low tiger pied here too from Don Munson that I've got here. It's really nice. He's a hatchling I just picked up. Is that the one with the really and then, red of course, eyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good looking one. And last but not least, of course, the Ocelot from, from Aubrey. The Queen. Can't go wrong with that. Man, she's nice. They're just um I mean, they look be- beautiful over picture and everything, but you know, there's still majority of retail people that even, haven't even seen one in person, and it's a, it's a completely different, like it's a different experience Amazing. looking at them. Waking up every morning and coming in here and seeing her underneath the T fives, man, it's nice every morning. <laughs> a lot of retake people have seen them now, but I feel like not a lot of retake people get the opportunity to see them go through all their color changes and you know it's crazy it, to watch it, that head turn yellow and then watch them silver up and just day by that, day they can that's, they can look that's different. what i'm jealous of There's, i saw a little bit of it at arlington when i saw aubrey's but not enough There's, well he can get now aubrey is spoiled rotten with all the sexiness he has in his house with the phantom orange clothes and oh man i'm jealous Oh, yeah. After after having those animals, you're like desensitized to anything else. Like nothing else looks good. <laughs> but let me ask you with your with your ocelot, Scott. You ever notice when it fires? Like there's times where I go in, and I mean, clearly it's not a blue hypo. But you know, have, has that silver ever been so silver that it looks like blue? Oh yeah, yeah, without that, a doubt. That's my it's favorite. Crazy. That's and then the very I'm... next day, she could almost look like she's going into blue into shed. She could darken up. Like she really yeah. changes big time. Yeah, they're really cool. It's interesting um, to watch. So outside of retics, what else do you keep? Monitors. I just got into monitors uh, about six months ago, maybe. So I have already three. <laughs> All babies. Um and, and you, I got and you, a black dragon from JC Reptiles in, in Jersey, and then uh, I got the the T negative from Aubrey as well. And then, uh, is that the hold on. is that hold, the smaller you, line? The small? No, I don't think this is. I don't. Not that I'm aware of. No, he, but he has. He just has started crossing. He just started crossing with small. the celebs. Yeah, he's got. A yeah, 50, he just started breeding the celebs, and those are going to be small. Yeah, okay. he's got he's got a fifty percent celeb that is smaller than a lot of pures that he's been breeding, and yes, nice. he's going to start working them down. But hold on, wait now now tell us what the third monitor is that you just got. The third monitor that I just picked up uh, Tuesday. Uh, that's the Java Bandage Sulfur. Yeah, the sulfur. That nice. sucker's nasty. <laughs> yeah, that that's like almost a pinnacle for for you know that species. Those those animals are awesome. Any other monitor species you want to work with? Uh, I do. I have a few that I'm I'm getting ready to take a trip up to New Hampshire and uh check out some monitors here next month. Let's see what catches my eye. But the exanthic and the ivory and all those kind of I want to see what they look like. Yeah. So sticking within the water monitor. Yeah, I mean for now, yeah. Okay. I really like the I really like the I like the bigger monitors. I do like the tree monitors, and I you know I like things like that. But I, I really like these water monitors. I'm enjoying just that's all their I'm personalities. To go into it. They're the so tree monitors. They're so fun. They're so damn fun, man. They really yeah. are. Yeah, every time I've interacted with them, it's like the coolest thing in the world. Dude, six months ago, I was terrified of them. No lie. I was oh. absolutely terrified. Yeah. And then once I handled one at Aubrey's, I, I got a few chances to handle one. And it was the T negative that I now own. I was able to handle her when she was 
a baby over there, and I fell in love immediately, and I wanted them, and I got them just like that. That's like it. you retic keepers think that your snake is smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, no, I do for a little bit. Like even I do, I do smart. think they're smart, but they're they're not water monitor smart. Not even close. No, a water monitor is like a dinosaur and a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. Thing in the world, I would never um, put a harness on my dog ever to save my life but you will see me going down the street with a water monitor and a harness in the future i guarantee it i want to i want to be your neighbor man that that would be oh, so man, cool. my, yeah, my, dude just two days ago i had two days ago i had this big pie out 13 feet in my front yard just stretching out all over the place and i laid in the front yard with her and yeah my neighbors stopped a few times and checked you don't me out have an hoa do you no <laughs> no, we're, I'm, I'm, we're, we're, I'm, we're in the country. We're in the country. I'm I'm in an HOA, but um, my surrounding neighbors know I have them, and uh, there's actually someone on the the Facebook page of of our community that that um, was you know rehoming and posted them on there. They had snakes, and mm-hmm. no one seemed to panic. So I don't know, but I, I don't think that they've seen a 13 foot Slayer either. So. <laughs> I know lots of people that hide their pet snakes that, that they do. I just, I've, I've never been one to, to really do that ever. I've, I've always taken them out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have too, but I've also run into the scared neighbor without me even knowing they are scared. So oh, it's a great, it's yeah. a great. My neighbor great was, was a little nervous, um, but she had grandchildren that were a little curious mm-hmm. luckily. So that was, that made an opportunity to kind of, yeah, that, usually calms, that usually calms the family down when they see the yeah. ones being all intrigued and then educated a little bit. Right. Um, Scott, so you have water monitors, you have retics. Um, anything else? That's it. I, I was going to say, it. if you have more than that, you got your hands way more than full. Yeah, I don't um, have room. At the moment, you know, I'm in one room. My reptile room is 11 by 13. That and you're is able, it. And you're able to get to those massive enclosures in there? Everything is in one single room, man. Well, I mean, I see that enclosure behind you to the ceiling. It It, it is. Like, it's just low enough that my ceiling fan can spin. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. That's so, it. Um, I'm going to ask you, I know that you're not the most tech savvy or anything, but I'm going to ask you um, if you're comfortable with this, if you're not, that's totally okay. But um, do you mind? So I wanted to jump into kind of how you keep your animals now, because I don't think I look up to a single person more than I do you in terms of your enclosures and uh, the amount of like blood and sweat that you put into building what you do for them. Um, And I, I, do you have access to like stand up with your phone and kind of show one of them? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, right. If you can see, like right here, these are just the hatchling tubs right here. So these okay. are, I believe, seventy quart. Um, and these hold hat right when I get a hatchling. That's what they go in, straight to a seventy quart. The back. And at least one of the sides is foamed out and carved out and coated with sphagnum moss. There's branches and sticks foamed in place. There's ledges. There's everything but lights. Um, At this point, you know, my lights from the enclosures shine in enough to give them light. Um, I really love to try to figure out a way to get like a little tiny T5 in there somehow safely, but not being that tech savvy this is where i am right. is all after your going there happen? after going there they go straight to a four by two by two and then into a either a five by three you know above me and the top row here is divided the whole thing is 10 by three by four um the bottom row is all open for the pied and the top is divided in half or one for each monitor Behind uh, you guys is a whole brand new ball. Uh, you know, it's all 10 by 3, you know, 10 by 3 by 3. So I have three stacked on that row. 
Damn. That's awesome. Um, so Nathan, you're about, you asked a question. So yeah, uh, for, for like your hatchlings and stuff, are you just keeping like ambient room temperature for heat? Do you have like heat tape? What are you yep. doing? Ambient. No, I run ambient. It, it's too much hassle for me to try to run heat panels and things it's like ga- that. It's a game changer, isn't it? It's so simple. I have it's, it's amazing. an oil filled heater. And I have, I do run a humidifier in here constantly. Some people don't like running humidifiers. They worry about mold and, and bacteria and stuff. I clean this thing weekly. I mean, I keep it pretty damn clean in here. And it's, it's amazing. It's simple. Done. <laughs> right. It's, it's one and done. And if you want to keep monitors, typically the ambient that you're keeping your retakes is a good low for them. And then you just blast them yeah. with heat bulb, you know, and, yeah, it's it's basking bulb is enough to give me the jump I need for their enclosures. I also have them higher up for that reason. Or heat rises a little bit to help, and it's it's done great. It's done great. Awesome. Um, so you have some really big enclosures, and you you I, I'm I'm curious. Um, a lot of retake people have talked about, uh, and and I'll say a lot of retake breeders. A lot of the old school people talked about. Uh, they'll they'll talk about how. Uh, you know, naturalistic putting plants, those kind of things just doesn't work for a snake that, that is, you know, over 10 feet. Um, I've seen some of the pictures of your enclosures and, um, I, I've seen it work for you. So what, what kind of, what kind of substrate, what kind of substrate do you use? Um, what kind of plants do you put in? Like walk us through what you put in your retakes enclosure, how you get it all nice and dabbed up for me i i mix my own substrate it's just much easier to buy everything and mix it myself in a big tub um it's much more cost effective as well and when you're trying to fill a 10 by 3 with a foot you know it's there's 12 inches to 16 inches of substrate throughout this whole entire thing it's it's a lot that's heavy so it is. It's very heavy. Um, so for me, it's topsoil, sphagnum moss. Those are the two biggest primary components of it. And then you've got some play sand, orchid bark, leaf litter, and that's and that's it. It's it's very basic. It's very simple, and it's not expensive at all. I filled this whole ten by three for under seventy five dollars. And it's and, been there for over a year now with with this retick. Do you do you so how do you go about cleaning pee, poop? Do you have any um springtails or, or I don't know, bugs? I do springtails, um, I do isopods, you know, it for the younger snakes up to about a year, anything up to about six foot, isopods um, I've used dairy cows, and they do a pretty good job of taking care of, of the stool. They really will for up to about a six-foot snake. That's really about it, and shed and things like that. Um, past that, yeah, you, you're going to be scooping. There's no there's no way around it. Um, but as far as the pee, no, I, do, I, I don't. The springtails have done great. You know, the biggest thing about that is they have to have the space to move around from side to side and not sit in one spot and pee and that you know that concentration will build up and that's really i learned that the hard way in when i had this pied in the smaller eight by two the there was no ability to move around as much and she was in one spot and the urine just continued to build up and build up and i couldn't keep it going that long there as soon as i moved her to a bigger enclosure I haven't had a problem since. I, I really haven't. It's been great. That that's like, I'm gonna repeat what you said just for our listeners to really listen. So, an eight by two was not big enough for an animal that was how long? Oh, uh, she was probably when I put her in there. She was probably five foot. When she left, she was probably nine feet yeah so 
as long as you're saying bioactive or not, I mean, I, I don't like to use that word, but, but naturalistic and using my, uh, organisms to clean up and have a cleaning crew and things, um, bigger is better so that there's different opportunities, like different yeah, places it, for them to, to go. It's the only way, you know, if you try to do it in a smaller environment, it's just, it's impossible because they do, they do pee a lot. There's no doubt about it. We all know that. Yeah. Um, they pee gallons, Literally. but yeah, <laughs> but it, even in my smaller enclosures here, um, I've got a minimum of eight inches of substrate. And these snakes are like the male turnate here. He's probably five foot. The other ones, not, not even that big. And he's been in there for well over a year now. I haven't had to change it once. And there's no disgusting smell. It's, it's maintained very well. Um, any plants? The plants are definitely in the bigger ones. Again, if you try to do them in the smaller ones, you can with the smaller snakes. But they always end up developing a path from one side to the other. Anything in the path is dead. That's just as simple as it gets. <laughs> so in the beginning... When I put plants in, yeah, I would put them where I liked them. Oh, this looks great there. It's, oh, that looks wonderful. And then the next day you see, oh, well, that's their path. They've destroyed everything in that path. So now you have to readjust and redesign and move everything. And, yeah, there's been plenty of times where I have to replace plants. I replace plants all the time. I mean, it's, don't, don't think that they're just perfect. And a lot of them last and a lot of them I kill because I don't water. I'm horrible at <laughs> keeping things alive. Um, the, the awesome. doesn't help. <laughs> Man, I'm poor. <laughs> no, it does not. It does yeah. not help. They they still need me to keep them alive. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I'm poor. <laughs> I was gonna ask what what plants have you found have been the hardiest with your retics? Pothos or pothos do okay, but they're good at getting smashed. Any I like trees. Anything with a branch. Um, if I can kind of. You know, the, a good palm. Let's see if I can see. This is the benefit of you using your phone tonight. Is we can feel a little. See if I can open. see that. I don't know if you can see the big palm there. Yeah. yeah. She's around, and these trees here. Again, I have to water this. Anything with a with a and a branch. Anything with a bigger. It's just in a plastic pot. What is the? No, yeah. they're loose in the substrate. Oh, okay. Yeah, everything is everything is planted. That's really and cool. loose in the substrate. That's insane. That's that's. You so also hard. have to watch when you feed. You can't feed around a bunch of plants that she's going to wrap up around and rip yeah. them up. <laughs> uh, you have to be selective of where you place your plants, where you feed. I mean, yeah. I've had her wrap around stuff and just rip everything completely out. Just part of it, you know? Yeah. Let me, let me ask. So for people that might be interested in trying to do this uh, and plant things into the substrate and, and, you know, do that. uh, What's your recommendations on like that, that connection between where to plant to make sure that you can feed. I try to feed from one specific side every time. So I don't really have plants next to openings where the glass is in case I'm trying to bring them out to hold them. They could wrap up and grab and try to hold on or resist. They could rip it up. Then Um, I try to put things in the back corners and I try to put things kind of in the middle, no matter where I put them, they are surrounded by logs kind of pinpointed around or they're big stones around the sides to try to give me a little bit of protection there. Yeah. Cause no matter what, when they, when they move, I mean, they're big. She's, she's probably 70 pounds. Jeez. And, and, and for the most part, the plants do okay. Yeah. Yeah. They've done well. They really do. These in here, the bigger ones have been in here a little over a year now. I just added the, a big potho here and a, Another little smaller plant here just to add a little something, something. But yeah, for the most part, everything's been in here over a year. So, I mean, kind of what I'm hearing is that the people that have tried this with big retakes before and then say it doesn't work, 
they, they've kind of given up on, on the first opportunity that they destroyed plants. And what I'm hearing from you is you continued doing it because it's something that you absolutely wanted to provide and you found a way to make it work. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's something I enjoy doing it. Even if I have to learn the hard way and try to replace a few things every once in a while, it's, I still enjoy seeing them use everything I put in there. You know, if I put something in there and they use it once, I consider it, you know, them exploring it. If I put something in there and they choose to continuously go back to it and use it, it's beneficial. And if yeah. it's beneficial, then I want to do it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, for people that don't believe that enrichment, live plants, cork bark, um, if, if they don't like, you know, uh, LED uh, or not LED, but, but was, UV just, spectrum lighting. Yeah. I was just about um, to say, we, have we really touched on that much? Have you been using UVA, UVB in your, uh, retake enclosures? I, you know, I keep the T5s and T5s, you know, they provide, a, they provide a little bit, nothing special like, you know, some of the fancier lights. Um, but no, I, I pretty much stuck with that, trying to keep plants alive. We're going to have to like start sending bulbs as like interviews. Hey, if you want, you want to start have... sending some stuff my way, let me know. I'll, I, I'm building enclosures right now, so I'll add it in there. <laughs> well, I, think yeah, Luke, I mean, I... I could chip in enough for a bulb for everyone to try out who hasn't, <laughs> who has been interviewed on this. Yeah. And Damn. I mean, I, Damn. I, after, so the experiment that I'm running and I'm sure when Nathan, you know, gets the opportunity to start his, I mean, um, I've been, I've been dicking around with just shining it like on my animals when they're outside of their enclosure and they absolutely love it. I take pictures of them under the UV uh, lighting from VivTech and it, it looks better than LEDs on their own. Like just makes the animal shine. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I mean, yeah, if, if you want to mess with one of those bolts, we can definitely make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Send it so, on. so, um, some of my favorite pictures on your Instagram, um, I'm kind of multitasking right now. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm okay with, with technology, but I'm trying to find a way to where I can share my screen to get onto your Instagram page so I can actually bring This is the first show. time oh, I've ever been on So just give me a second. What? I've never once been on a podcast or even done a Skype message in my life, man. Man, <laughs> we have a, we have a Skype. Not one. This, this, this is an exclusive right here. Yeah, tell you, one and only. What do you want? Um, I mean, let's just start scrolling through, and if anything sticks out, let's do it. But uh, there's one that I like to see. He has, I think it's his pied that is perched up, um, that that perches up like on branches, um, and it's just so cool to see a snake of that size. Um, let me go ahead. I'm gonna. I well, this is a little video here. Hold on, it's... hold on, Nathan. I don't have this on the the uh, live just yet. I'm setting up a new. Okay. There I go, messing up. Um, so, um, eh, let me just, I'm probably going to mess this up. Sorry for you guys watching. For you guys listening, it won't be that bad. Um, okay, so, okay, cool. All right, it's covering us, but I'm okay with that. So, what? So, here's the first one perched up on that X branch, but uh, let's let's shoot to this video really quick because it kind of shows it moving around the enclosure on the perch a little bit scott can you see what we're doing i can see it. it's pretty small let me scoot in okay all uh, right yeah, that's I mean, the orange tiger pod yeah that's looks like i i have an ocelot yeah so i i you know that's not my favorite snake of yours because i have one that one right there is my favorite but <laughs> i i love seeing that snake right. in that video just like chilling on that branch I just picked him up recently from Don. He's a nice oh, hold snake. Up. He's a Nathan, nice snake. Nathan, go up. Uh, there's a picture of a tub, and I want to see if that's the tub video where you can see he builds like a cave-like system. So that looks like the springtails. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That That's yeah. really cool. And uh, yes, that culture is, that... is taking off, Scott. <laughs> 
Uh, I have a couple man, of those. <laughs> I'm, yeah, find, I'm looking for the tubs right now. Yeah, so for you guys that don't know, um, one thing that like never even crossed my mind, but Scott posted. Um, so this is a panel that you're using on the 10 by 3 by 3 for the turnate that just shows some of the foam work that you've been doing. That's like really, really top cool. notch. That's important. That's work. <laughs> it, no, that, and that's, that's what I'm fun, saying though. that you've that you've put blood and sweat into these animals because that that takes forever to do. Um, but it is it, it's it's hours and hours of carving. It's hours of painting and throwing yeah. that sphagnum on there. It's but overall, when it, it it's worth it. Yeah. So hopefully we can find this video for you guys. Um, but for those of you that haven't seen. Um, one thing I've never even thought of, but Scott uses that uh, spray foam for the uh, the like forty one quart uh, tubs and puts smaller snakes in there, and it basically is creating like a cave like. He's got it all around the sides, some parts on the bottom, and then he puts leaf and natural sticks and twigs in there, and it's literally just like the coolest, uh, almost like cave. It's just system. a smaller version. Right, it's a smaller version. Smaller version. So I swear again, I've seen one recently, so I'm surprised I'm having to scroll this far. Yeah, I was looking for it the other day too, and I could not, I, I could not find it. Um, here, let me go through my messages with him to see if I actually sent that <laughs> message, and then I'll, I'll send it. I'm to afraid you. if I touch my phone, I'm gonna oh, mess yeah, something okay. up, so I'm not gonna do it. Here's, uh, the, yeah, there's Scott, a picture of the ocelot in one of those tubs, but yeah, Scott, do not touch your phone. <laughs> um let me go ahead and look and if i find it i'll tag you uh nathan uh, so scott do you have a favorite of the retics that you're keeping right now uh i mean yeah for different reasons i mean of course it's hard pretty damn hard to beat an ocelot you know it really is visually i love looking at that snake um the big pied girl, she's kind of my oldest, and I've had her the longest right now. So getting her out is challenging and fun at the same time. So that's pretty rewarding for me as well. I've never had, you know, she was, this is the biggest snake I've ever owned. Uh, before that, I had boas when I was a teenager. And trust me, they didn't live to be an adult, unfortunately. So this you mean the, you mean this the is my first. Didn't work? Didn't work, man. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> so, yeah, the pod is my, she's my first big giant, I guess you could say. So mm -hmm. we got a little, little bond there. And um, then you have the I know you have some kids. Are your kids involved at all with the, the animals? My, my daughter, she is at, at some point in the game. She likes them when they're much smaller, of course. They're easier yeah. to, to manage. She sits out there with the big girl. If I have her in the front yard, she'll sit out there and she'll stroke her and pet her a little bit. But she's not too keen on carrying that much weight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they get like, I just uh, unboxed last night. Uh, I just bought a uh, a 13 year old uh, Slayer female that she is in beautiful, beautiful health. But um, the density of her muscle and her weight. Um, when I took her out was like, man, she's only about like 13 feet. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they get, they crazy. 13 yeah. feet. It's pretty damn big. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. And it's crazy to think yet, you know, some of these people that have been doing this for a while, you know, kept back in the day where there were actually these giants, right? 18 to 21 foot snakes that weren't uncommon back then. Uh -huh, I can't imagine. Right. Like, I don't even know how you. If that snake doesn't want to come out of its enclosure, it's not coming out. I mean, even 13 foot here, I mean, and it makes it harder with branches sometimes. She, oh, yeah. If she puts herself in this corner and she she wraps around something or she'll just push out against it, you're not, you might be able to finesse and sweet talk her out, but there's sometimes where you're not. And that's, that's okay. It just has to be okay. I feel like my method to that was I, I would just open the door and just wait for for wait for that to come out on that's own. the 
You're exactly right. It really is easier just to do that with her at this point. Yeah, She's more than happy just to kind of come out and explore anyway, so just let her do it on her own terms. Right. That's the best bet when you have a nervous animal or a nervous keeper. Just give yourself some space. Give yourself some time. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Take time. Time I, is always the answer. My, you know, they're, they're, they're reactive animals. I always yeah. take my sweet time with a reactive animal regardless of the species. Yeah, right. never, never force the issue. Right. Um, and, and usually in, in my case, I've had a couple snakes where like, I'll open the door, let them think and see if they can come out. You know, I, I try to do sometimes choice based handling for a lot of the animals, especially the turnates. I can be, um, really savages when it comes to just feeding response. Um, and, um, there, there, there's, there's times where they'll, they'll I'll open the door, they'll come flying out thinking that it's food, but it, they, there's a couple of times where they have flown out and smacked the floor from about four feet up. And once they hit the floor after flying food response is done, they're like, Oh, what the hell just happened? It, it, it kind of, it kind of dysregulates them a bit. And so you're like, all right, we're good. Yeah. I think that would freak you they're, out too. If you went to take it. Are, are all turnips just psychotic? I mean, I love mine. I, I do, but man, that when I open the door, yeah, they're coming out like two feet. So one thing that um, I've, I've been informed of, um, you know, by Rodney, um, and it's worked for me so far. Um, and what I've noticed as well is the older they, older they get, uh, that, that food response really chills out. Um, and the defensiveness chills out if you keep working with them. It's just a matter of time for some of them. But what I have noticed Jeez, is yeah. that um, Rodney told me like, hey, I don't know what this is. He's like, turnates are kind of a little different. He's like, if your snake is always trying to kill you for food, he's like, give them really big meals and just space them out. And I started doing that. Yeah. And, um, you know, my turnates get football sized meals, man. They, they look huge after <laughs> yeah. I feed them, but it, it really helps. And, you know, I'll feed them every three weeks, right? Um, those really oh, big wow. meals and it, and it really, like it, uh, it, it, it shut that down. You have uh, adults now too. How how old are your turnites now? Um, so not really ad adults, but I have a uh one that is turning one that's turning four next month, and I have one that is uh and my male is three. And I also have another female that's three, and I'm I'm gonna be getting a an F one proven breeder that is four. Okay. All right. So, uh, well ahead of mom. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when they're, when they're younger, um, under a year old, um, it just takes a lot of work and handling and just feeding them. Uh, they, they'll grow out of it. Yeah. They're fun. They're they, fun they're, snakes. They're beautiful too. Um, so what is, so let me, ask you this what when did you start doing that tub setup with the the styrofoam and and um is that something new that you worked on or it is i started doing it when i got these locality snakes um i didn't have an enclosure you know a pvc setup for them honestly but just in a whim i went out and bought a big tub and i was like, okay let's just see what we can do and i just threw a bunch of branches in it wedged them corner to corner side to side end to end and went from there and the first one that's really all i had it was just some branches wedged in there and then i just kind of upgraded after that and started putting foam in the background and that went to foam around the side creating edges and hides in the bottom and just kind of progressed yeah all I over the last year Later in the podcast, I was going to kind of just ask you what you do on your free time, but I, I think you just answered it right there with all the different things that you do what? with your state cases. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's no free time. There's no free time. Well, I mean, Between I, dog, dogs, snakes, monitors, the rabbits I breed for all these animals as well. That's that I stay busy. Oh, you know what? I'm going to have an ADHD moment because we'll eventually come back to your naturalistic <laughs> enclosures, but. Um, dogs. I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I, I saw that your email when you sent it to me. Um, what do you, what do you tell us a little bit about that? 
I run a bull train camp here in North Carolina. So I take uh, dogs every month and I move them into my house for the month and do all the basics anywhere from, you know, just basic healing and come sit down, stay all the way up to competition level, obedience, protection level, tracking, all kinds of stuff. Can I, uh, How, how'd you fall into that? Uh, I got, I personally own Doberman and have owned Doberman for 23 years now. I got my first one and started to look into just the confirmation show line stuff. And it was just so damn boring. And then I saw some protection work and I was hooked immediately. And we just progressed from there. I the first dog you know, kind of ruined and the second dog, we ended up, we had a lot of success. We, we competed internationally over in Budapest, Hungary in 2019. And we were on the USA world team. We've, we've done, we've had some fun with dogs. Just take it all over. Uh, nice. speak, speaking of fun with dogs, uh, I, I, I'm scrolling through trying to find tub pictures still. And, uh, <laughs> I just like this is. Just I appreciate funny. the commitment, man. <laughs> um, I even uh oh, let me. Are you are we sharing screen right here? Hold on, we're, uh, we're sharing screen. I uh, it's a picture of his Dobie's pacifier. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> that's Tony. That's that Tony. Uh, <laughs> Stay off my man now. <laughs> Dobermans are I think Dobermans are so underrated. Um they're awesome they're dogs. Dog. Um so how how many so how many dogs do you have? Not the ones that you keep uh, not the ones that you keep. Two? I own two currently, yeah. These yeah. are uh these are from my two retired competition dogs. So, so in I'm case kind of continued the line with them. In case you guys haven't realized now, Scott doesn't cut corners. He's got amazing monitors and morphs. He's got insane genetics and retakes. He's got seventy pounds of substrate and ten foot enclosures. And he's got uh competition quality dogs. That's that's pretty. So I mean, speak to that. It seems like you really appreciate um, the value in in what it is that you own and keep. I I do. I I I take everything very personal. Everything is it's 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 part of me. It, you know. The, Dogs, dogs have been my life. I don't remember a time in my life not owning a dog. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just something. It's it's life. It really is. And it just moved on to retics and and then monitors and yes, I always put a hundred percent into into the animals. Animals have always been life. Before I started training dogs, I was a vet tech in the veterinary field, so I've always I've always been animals, period. Yeah. Speaking of vets, do you have a pretty uh, competent reptile vet near you? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, I have one in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Griffin Exotics, they do amazing, amazing work. I've been lucky. I only had to have to use them a few times. Um, but, yeah, they're they're amazing. You have to have a vet yeah, you <laughs> for these animals. You just... You do. <laughs> and yeah. we'll, we'll post a link down in the description of uh, a good tool of how to find a, a decent reptile vet around you. Don't forget to do it. Perfect. Um, I, 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 yeah, I actually just took a snake of mine to the vet today. Um, and the vet that I have here has 15 years. He's been a vet for 25, but he has 15 years experience working with retics. Um, so he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm, I'm really lucky. Uh, he, he's also the vet at the San Antonio zoo here in Texas. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I was searching for vets when I started keeping these animals and people were like, you know, you have one of the best, like large constrictor vets in the country, like 10 minutes from you. I was like, no shit. Um, so oh, I got wow. lucky. I got lucky with that. 
Um, I, yeah, I can't stress the importance of, you know, what Nathan said, having a vet nearby. Um, I feel like that's such a like second, third, fourth, fifth thought that people have when, you know, when you're purchasing an animal, yeah. number, number one, it's like, Ooh, I like you. Then I buy. And then it's like, Oh damn, I need a cage. And then it's like, sure, oh, sure. how do how do I heat it? And then I need food. And then it's like, you know, a year down the road, you know, I feel like people only really even consider a lot of people only consider it when animals start to get sick, but um, that could start to get stressful if you don't have that yeah. in place. Um, it's sad. It, it is. is. It is. Um, Scott, so um, I, again, I admire what you do for your animals. I admire that um, the money that you spent on your animals, um, you could clearly have like two, three times the amount of animals and just not have as expensive or, or nice quality animals. Um, but I really love that you have kept it personal, small, and you've gone above and beyond for them. Um, I, I guess there's like, there's, there's, we talked about like a lot of people saying that, you know, naturalistic and bigger enclosures don't work. But I mean, I, I, I would like to hear from you kind of like a message to our listeners on why it is that you continue to do that, even though it's not the easier route, like what is it that really hits it for you? Um, that, that kind of like an inspirational message for people to try to change the way that we think about putting 13 foot snakes in six foot vision cages. I just like to see people give it a shot, you know, and, and try it. And I think they'd be amazed if they, spent a little bit of time and gave the animals the opportunity that they'd show them, they'd show them a whole different side. I mean, it, it is a lot of work. There's no doubt about it. it. To be honest though, I think the amount of time that I've put into my snakes and the builds and things like that, I would rather put that time into that than all the cleanup and changing paper constantly. Like, I think you guys, that's a lot more work in my mind. Like constantly, I had a, a few snakes last month that were in quarantine that, that I picked up and that amount of work, like that's not easy either, you know? And I no, would much no, rather I put keep work on, into, I keep on paper. It's, it's I think, I think yeah. that's harder. I, I, it's more constant day to day. I, I like it me, I put some work constantly hands-on with my animal, but yeah, it, it does take yeah. a lot of just man hours. and. I'm constantly hands-on too, but I mean, I, I put a lot more work into the, the build and the design mm -hmm. so I can sit here and just look at my animals and hold them and handle them and, and things like that. Like that's, yeah, you get a lot that's more the enjoyment. Yeah. I get to sit here in this room every single day, every morning after me and my wife complete our workout, I come in this room and it's like a sauna <laughs> and I sit here and sweat it out and I hold retics and I hold monitors and yeah, Lucas, just I get my protein shake hours the other day. <laughs> and this is my, my yeah. chance because I just caught this for the second time. Lucas, you're on mute. Oh, damn it, dude. It's been a long time since either yes. of us were on mute. <laughs> we, we gotta we gotta go back and see what the score was it's a point of contention for us scott yeah i don't i don't know how much you've been following but all of all of 2022 the second half nathan muted himself all the time and 2023 seems to be really? me, seems to be me talking when i'm on mute um well you see i had to bring my wife in here to get me hooked up with you guys so <laughs> um so i mean it, it's definitely you have shown people and i tell people this all the time because we like on our patreon we'll have people talk about naturalistic enclosures and plants and like oh but what about big retics and i'll be like hey have you ever heard of scott i i i go ahead and send them your instagram i'm like look at what this dude is doing like i was like it is doable right so this idea that like you can't do it with retics it's like nah you can um and I you can, I, it, it's work and I've had plenty of failures at it. No doubt about it, but you can. Let, let me ask you this question. Um, since you've been doing all this and since you give them more, um, 
how are your retics behavior like? Like when you open up the enclosure, the whole food response, you know, that people like, you know, you get, you walk by a retics enclosure and it's just waiting to, to eat there. And I mean, have you noticed any behavioral changes? Do you, are your, are your snakes, um, you know, do you, they're much calmer. I mean, as far as food responses, the F1 turn eight, he's, he's crazy as hell, but he's right here at the corner. Yeah, besides him, like, he's right there at the corner also when I walk in the room. When I round the corner, he's right there. So he he's always triggered by that. But other than that, like, my big 13-foot pod here, and I have video of it after numerous times. All last year, she didn't strike once at, at a prey item. She would come up and simply wrap it very slowly and calmly and just lay there. She never even opened her mouth. I call those broken she's, retics. She's never. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I would honestly rather them strike. It's much easier to deal with. Right. Um, but they're all they're all laid back. I've I have yet to be bit. Honestly, I've never the Oscott nail at Aubrey's when I pick. Other than that, I've never been bit by a snake life. Yeah, I, it took me. I mean, I kept snakes growing up. I'm going to knock on some wood now that I said it. Right. Knock on, you're knocking on an enclosure. That's a snake that's going to bite you. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it it took me, I didn't get bit all growing up with snakes. And it took me four and a half years into keeping retakes for me to get bit by my, my first snake. And it was a new snake that I got and stupid. I was holding it, cleaning the enclosure while I was holding her. And I guess I just dropped down too quick and she got scared and just got my elbow. I didn't even realize it. And I looked down and I saw blood. I was like, Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the only times I've gotten bit, it's something I've provoked and just me being kind of dumb. <laughs> and right. I, the it. other, the other, <laughs> the other times were hatchlings being hatchlings. Right. Um, yeah. That's what they but, do. But I, I think that um yeah, I'm I'm again just really happy that you came on. Uh and the fact that you've never even done anything remotely like this before. Like I can't thank you enough for doing this because again, um, you know, you you are uh an inspiration to not just me, but I think a lot of people really see what you're doing and it, it's it's um man, I don't I don't think you could be doing much better for your retics unless you had an entire room that that had Indonesian plants and trees, right? Like I, I think I think you're going like just so far above and beyond, and you're you're breaking that status quo of a box with nothing in it. And and, and you know I don't I don't not that not that that's a negative thing, right? Because you know to each their own, and and you know everyone has their preferences. For sure. I I think that we're still very early in this stage of like seeing exactly what we can provide naturalistically for these animals. And, um, I mean, at least in the U S um, you're, you're, you're on the top, you're leading the way with, with a few others. Yeah. And I mean, in the end of the day, Lucas, this is what we started this podcast for was just experience based retic keeping animal keeping, whatever. And I, I don't think that we've had anyone on besides maybe Duran, that is a better example of just ways we're able to learn from others experiences as breeders ourselves. Right. It's awesome. It's very kind for you guys to say that. Yeah. Um, so, um, Scott, I, I would love for you to, uh, drop your Instagram handle. If you want to just say where people can find you, um, so that I would love everybody to, to give him a follow and, and really just see what he's doing. I know that you guys got a little sample here on, on the episode of scrolling through his Instagram, but, um, uh, what, what's your Instagram handle? Don't tell me you don't know. And don't look on Instagram. Uh, I got it. It's, uh, Steven uh... Scott. Seaver. <laughs> it's no, my it's, name. <laughs> it's Seaver Scott. Just throw his last name first and you're there good. You go. Awesome. Um, so uh Scott, gonna give you the opportunity. Any last things that you kind of want to say on, on regards to the topic that we talked about or anything else that you wanted to, you know, you were invited on, anything that you didn't get the opportunity to share that you wanted to? I, I really just want to thank you guys for you know having me on. I, I appreciate the opportunity. This is uh Brand new to me. Uh, never thought I'd be on something like this. A uh, little, uh, little crazy, it really is. But I, I enjoyed talking with you guys. It was fun. 
Yeah. Yeah. I had a great time as well. Um, and we would love to. I, some... I want to see Trinidad out of their normal. I want to see people get out of, of their normal routine of, you know, for me, minimalistic is what I'm trying to avoid. So I'd like to see people kind of take a shot and uh, explore a little bit and I'm, see I'm what their animals, you know, kind of show them. I'm going to talk to you a bunch when uh, we start the later phases on my experiment over here with this focus cube cage. Yeah. Uh, once we get into some of the more naturalistic yeah. stuff, I think Definitely. springtail is some of those uh, cleanup crew and some yeah. plants are in order. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and also, Scott, uh, just a, a, awesome. formal, awesome. A, a formal invitation. Um, any guests that we have on, we have them join uh, our, our Patreon lives. Um, and I'm sure we will have a bunch of our Patreon members and Discord members want to ask you some questions in regards to plants. And we have a lot of people on there that are really into this right now. Um, so we'll, we'll get you on one of those lives um, so that you can answer some questions after this interview down the road. Um, and uh, just speaking about Patreon, for those of you that are on our Patreon and on our Discord, thank you so much for your support. Um, again, don't forget, um, you know, go ahead and uh become a member of us arc uh us arc florida free membership right now it's more important than ever that we're supporting us arc florida as well as just us arc yeah scott it was great having you on have a good rest of your night uh hopefully we didn't keep you up too late i'm crashing <laughs> hey, y'all have a good night hey you too man take care <laughs>